and thanks for joining me again for another podcast. Uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, why it's important to have icebreakers in the beginning of your training sessions and then activities during the training. And let's start with icebreakers. So icebreakers are those um, short activities just to get people connected with each other, get rid of any nerves, um, allow people to, you know, have a bit of a laugh. If an icebreaker can be fun, then people are having a bit of a laugh. And especially if you've had people come into your training room who just do not want to be there. I mean, we call these hostages because they're being told by management they have to be there or they've been told by their team leader that it's mandatory, they have to attend. And so when someone doesn't want to be there, it's really hard to engage them unless you get those walls down. So having an icebreaker is one of those ways uh, that helps people just kind of, you know, chill and forget about the fact that they've got to be there and especially if this is multiple days or a full day, um, then, you know, that can be really hard because people just have in their mind, I'm not going to learn anything. I don't need to be here. I'm being forced to be here. And, you know, that's where you get that whole crossed arms, body language, um, and just resistance to any kind of learning. So, over my um, 15 plus years of, of delivering training, um, icebreakers have become one of those things that breaks down the barriers. So, I want to talk to you about a program I've been running recently over the past um, six to eight weeks, which is about really um, developing teams, building powerful teams, um, adapting to change, all of those big things that happen in an organization where you find communication might have broken down or so much change has happened that people are really in conflict because some want the changes, some don't understand why the changes are happening and, and so forth. So this particular icebreaker, which is a really fun one that I get people to do, I made this one really relevant to this year as well. And there was a couple of things I wanted to do. So let me talk about, I paired everyone off. So they got to ask the other person three questions and they would interview each other and they would write down the answers and they would get up and speak about the information that they discovered. So pair everyone off and here's the three questions that were up. So the first question is, what cartoon character are you most like and why? And the reason for this question is it gives people a little bit of insight into, you know, kind of a, a funny side of someone or a character side of someone. And if you can imagine, there's many people who say they're, you know, um, the coyote from a cartoon or Sylvester or Tweety Bird. Uh, in my last session, we had many people who resonated with the Simpson family, but everyone in the family. So there was some who picked Bart and others who picked Lisa and, and Maggie. And, um, and so they can say why they are like this cartoon character. And um, sometimes you know, people really go into the depth of why they, you know, resonate with this particular character. And the second question was, what, if anything, 
has changed or impacted you in a positive way in 2020? And the reason I asked this question, and I really put in there that has impacted you in a positive way, is this year has been quite challenging for many people in, for, for various reasons. And so I wanted people to focus on a positive aspect of this year. And that allows people to really think about um, what has been positive and also not get into that story of the negativity and how hard it's been. And, you know, because we've all been faced with lots of adversity, lots of change, lots of challenges. So thinking about a positive aspect, people have to dig a little deeper sometimes and then discuss why it's been so positive. And I tell you what, with my last session, some of the answers were just remarkable. And the third question I asked is, what are you looking forward to the most in 2021? So you want people to focus on the future as well, not what just what has happened in the past. Uh, and they share with each other, they write um, them down, and you can give people a time limit, you know, that you, they can have um, two minutes or five minutes each, and then they swap over. And you as the trainer need to keep that intact. So you can't just allow the time to go on because this is an icebreaker. So this is not designed to encroach on your training time too much, but to break down the barriers and really give people an, a, a sense of getting to know someone. And, you know, the benefits here, especially to this particular icebreaker, is really getting to know each other. And in fact, when on my last session, I asked people for feedback about what, what was one takeaway from today, there was numerous people in the room that loved the icebreaker, said it was really valuable because it gave them insight into people that they've worked with for a long time, but they really had no idea. And so um, that was really, really good feedback I got to say, hey, this icebreaker really works well. So when it comes to doing activities within the workshop that you're doing or the training that you're doing, you need to think about the activities and whether or not they need to build on something. So, for example, I was doing a values exercise with the team so that the team could develop their own unique values whilst they look at the organisation upper level the values from the organization as a whole, they then come down and new work groups start to define what are the values that are important to the team. So when I did an exercise, it started at looking at the values of the organization and I got the groups, I got them in groups of um, three lots of five or four lots of five, whatever the numbers are in the room. In my case, there was 20 so four lots of five, and they all had to come up with 10 values each, then see where the each group had similar values, and then where values cross over. And we talked about how what, what is a value crossing over, and, and if it's communication, and then there's another value of open communication, well, that's a clear crossover. And so the exercise that they did first then led into another exercise later on in the workshop. 
And this allowed everyone to be in those groups, build rapport within those groups, then come back together. They actually had about three or four different activities to uh, come back together to. And also, if you really want to mix that up, you can change the groups, making sure that everybody's interacting with each other at different times. And so uh, the ability for people to do exercises within that gets collaboration happening, more discussion, but you as the trainer have to really lead those workshops, you know, with the timing, with what resources do you need, make sure you're really prepared and using those activities that are going to add value to the workshop that you're doing. Something I've seen over the years is where people are doing um, activities that really don't relate to what they're doing. They just needed to put some activities in there. So there's a real disconnect in what people think um, of the activities to what they're actually learning in the workshop. And that can really devalue what you're trying to achieve. So think about activities that bring people together, ensure collaboration, build greater rapport and have a real keen um, sense of, of where this is leading further on in the workshop. Now, there's lots of different um, YouTube clips or you can go and find other resources. If you've got other training materials, they might carry some icebreakers or some workshop, workshop activities. But you as the trainer need to be really clear about what you're going to do and the timings. If you've got a session plan, um, make sure that the timing is added into the session plan so that you don't run out of time for your workshops. And they make your workshops a lot more valuable. And an interesting way to be able to assess this is if you're using feedback forms for your workshops, you could ask a specific question about what do you think about the um, activities or you could even use the term icebreaker for the beginning, uh, but specifically asking, were these workshops valuable to the team? Asking for verbal feedback at the end of your workshop is another good way to establish and look at people's body language. Don't just listen to what they're saying. Look at their body language to see whether they actually did find them valuable because that's going to give you some insight as well. So I hope this has been helpful um, and I look forward to getting some more podcasts out for um, the remainder of this month. Until then, cheers for now.